Hi, I'm Owen from Bite Size Irish Gaelic and welcome to episode 33, Ever a Trocha Tree, of the Bite Size Irish Gaelic podcast. Even if you're alone learning to speak the Irish language outside of Ireland, don't despair. Rest assured that there are thousands like you across the globe, all interested in tapping into Ireland's native culture. And for all about this podcast, you can go to www dot bitesizeirishgaelic.com forward slash podcast and you can find us this episode at number 33 and today I'm joined by a guest Elena Clancy. Elena how are you doing? Hi Owen I'm very well how are you? Very good um you have a beautiful website it's oreyouinireland.com and we'll link to it from the show notes of course but uh, has this uh, is this a blog that you've been working on for a while? Yes, um, I started a blog in November last year, so it's a year old, and um, I've been posting roughly uh, two or three mo- times a month um, on the various topics. Usually, it's the trips that I took, and I try to keep them current and relevant to share all the different information about the places that I visit. I usually do a kind of a check of the area and I also include a lot of information how to get to the area, possibly the history of the area as well, and um, restaurants, places to stay, etc. Cool. So uh, do you find that is it Irish people who are reading your stuff or people going to visit Ireland or... Interesting question. Actually, when I started the blog, the motivation behind it was um, I wanted the likes of myself, foreign people in Ireland, to go travel within Ireland a bit more because what I've noticed, they just sort of came either to (laughs) Dublin, Cork or Galway and they sort of stayed in that county or the city and they haven't really explored and every time they traveled they usually traveled outside of Ireland yeah that that trend was very common and um, I took a different path myself when I came I started to explore so I started taking different trips and you know not necessarily to different city but even to new neighborhood etc and I'm looking for things to do and different things in the area like what's the area is famous for, the history of the area, etc. Pops, uh, if there's anything special. So I kind of wanted, I started the blog to share, to share the information about those places uh, with people like myself. But what I see now after a year, and I've been doing a bit of analysis on it, that people actually, Irish people look at my blog and they think, oh, you know, because they don't tend to travel that much if they're out of their own con- county. Mm-hmm. So, and then also... Uh, people who say who left Ireland, Irish people who left Ireland and went to America, Australia years ago and haven't really got the chance to explore because they left so young. Mm. And now they kind of coming back to Ireland but then holidays and maybe they planning to relocate for their retirement. So they read and they kind of make note of those places and then they pass on my blog to other people who are now. So I've built up a good followership. Mm, that's um, really good. Yeah, so I mean, there's if you look at the statistic of the blog, it's probably Australia, US, and UK. Probably dominant, of course, it's US and UK. But um, by the comments and different emails that I get, it's usually people who are Irish living in those countries. Nice. And whereabouts in Ireland do you live now? I'm in Cork now for almost three years. Uh, so I came here, I spent 10 years in Dublin initially. 
so I'm here 13 years in total. So I spent 10 years in Dublin and then I moved to Cork uh, for a job. Ah, and whereabouts are you from originally? So myself, I'm from uh, Western Siberia in Russia. So it's um, kind of part of Russia bordering Kazakhstan. Beautiful nature. So I think my upbringing was a lot of in the woods and by the lake, etc. So I think that's the reason I kind of like exploring Ireland because it has so much natural beauty. Oh yeah, I was going to ask you, like, were you always an explorer? So you probably were just growing up, right? Yeah, I was, and I was, I, I was always an outdoor person. So I think, despite the weather in Ireland, I've managed to cover a lot of ground. That's cool. So when you got to Ireland, like, can you remember back what your first impressions were of the country, um, of the people? What do you think? Well, I think, oh God, so I got to Ireland 13 years ago and um, I think initially it was only for the summer, so I wasn't going to stay here at all. And um, then I got into college and I kind of made a lot of friends. So I remember people were very friendly and it was very Mm. easy. Um, It was easy to get around. It was easy to make friends. Um, The city, Dublin, it was a bit small compared to any other city for capital but then eventually I think a lot of a lot more people came to it so the size of the city grew and I kind of got used to it um so yeah I just kind of stayed I think it was just a country with a lot of opportunity and possibilities and it's very different as well there's lots of kind of communities and different areas and people in every region are very different as well and I think that's what attracted to me, it's not all the same. You know, you go to Limerick or you go to Clare, you go to Cork and it's all very different. Yeah, definitely. Last time, um, so I live in Limerick and we visited Clare where I'm from and I just uh, said to my wife, oh, they do have a different accent here and it's like 25 minutes down the road. So, and you're living in Cork, so that's particularly... um, (laughs) They're a, t- a particular type of Irish person, aren't they? A special accent and a special outlook on life, isn't there? Yeah, they're very particular here. <laughs> oh, really? Do you want to talk more about that? Well, I think the difference between Cork, like, there's a lot of differences, obviously, you know, but I think the most I enjoy is the rivalry between Cork and Dublin. I think it's very funny. I find it funny um, as a foreign person, as an outsider. But uh, <laughs> and there's plenty of opportunity to see that. I don't know where it came from. I I must really do research on that, and I should have done it before I posted my last blog post on Cork. But um, I I think it comes from GA and the sports. Okay, so m- not everybody who's listening to this might even know about GAA. So Johnny, okay. Johnny, fill us in. What are you talking about? <laughs> Okay, so um, GA is the Gaelic Association. Uh, so it's basically football, um, Irish football, for her, and also includes hurling. I, I don't know much about it. I don't follow yeah. it. But I think Dublin obviously won a lot, but I think Cork has a very strong team. So the rivalry between the two counties, I think, comes from it because it's obviously the sport that all 32 counties play. Yes, yeah. compared to rugby, I think it's only 
26 and obviously involves other countries. I'm not a very sports person, but um, <laughs> I did leave beside Croke Park for a long time. And actually, just before I left Dublin, I went uh, to a hurling game and Cork oh, was playing Kilkenny. So, you know, it's not something I would take a huge interest in, but it's, it's obviously very popular in Ireland and there are a lot of uh, fans that follow and go to matches, etc. So... What was the atmosphere like when you went to the hurling match in Croke Park? Um, you know, for me, it was very hard to follow the game. So I was trying to follow the game. And um, it was very hard because the ball is obviously very small and it's hard to know where they're running. When I think maybe football is a bit easier to follow <laughs> out of all the games. That's hurling true. Was, uh, and it's also a very fast game. So it was an experience. but And I would probably go to another game. But the atmosphere in general, um, it depends. I think if I'm, I'm not the sort of person to go into mm-hmm. kind of outdoor sporting events, but um, yeah, I can see how people, oh, yeah. you know, who have interest in it might enjoy it and the whole um, spirit coming together and everything. Oh, definitely. I think it's a good experience. Like if there's somebody who happens to be visiting Ireland at the right time, especially kind of early summer, midsummer, and then the final uh, around September, you might it might be a bit tough to get tickets, but it's a good experience if you've never done it before. Yeah, in hurling, you, you more see the people running after the ball rather than seeing the ball <laughs> itself. But I, I'm interested because you said back to Dublin, you said that you were living in Dublin and... Uh, it was kind of a small capital city, so it, it took a bit of getting used to. But then Cork is uh, quite a bit smaller than Dublin. It's uh, it's not even half the size. So do you like yeah. Cork or how would you describe Cork City itself? Do you know, when I think about, you know, there's no comparison between Dublin and Cork because each city or town, I wouldn't even call Cork a city. I think it's a town. Yeah. And, um I think what I like about Cork is uh, the proximity to other counties and proximity to the countryside. You don't really have that option in Dublin. I mean, to go anywhere from Dublin City, it will probably take you an hour, you know, mm. probably two or three with the traffic and everything getting into the city. So it's a city city, you know, and I can understand some people never left the city. They kind of live in the city and they do everything in the city. Um, but in Cork you have a good combination and you could be in the countryside in 20 minutes. Um, I There's certain things about Cork that I don't like and I like about Dublin, like shopping maybe and the choice of restaurants, etc. But mm. I think Cork is very unique. You know, it has a... It, it, it still has good pubs and um, one of, you know, some of the good restaurants that produce local foods and everything, but they're not in the Cork city. They could be like outside. Mm. And um, I do enjoy Cork countryside. I I don't really, I don't really go into the city that much anymore because I live a little bit out. So I find, yeah, I, I think it depends on purple people kind of, there's a lot to see in Cork City. You know, there's a number of museums and a big park, etc. But mm-hmm. I don't particularly, you know, if you visit in Cork, I'd rather give, I'd give 90% of the time to countryside. And maybe uh, interesting. Yeah, 10% yeah. of the city. 
So if somebody was, uh, say, visiting Cork, uh, County Cork, which is the biggest county in Ireland, if I'm right, um, are are there particular places, like, would you advise them on staying in particular towns, like small, nice towns around County Cork? I would definitely spend a night in Kinsale. This is something I did recently with a friend of mine, and um, I think she really enjoyed it. Because you can sort of explore, can sail is really good. It's really touristy. Mm-hmm. Um, it has the nice harbor, nice feel to it. There's a lot kind of, you could do shopping there. You could go sailing, you could go fishing. There's a lot to do. So I definitely spend maybe a night or a weekend and can sail and then kind of go from there. Um, I like it, yeah. Hmm? Maybe explore and drive to Clonakilty. My personal favorite is Inchidoni Beach. I really, I like the white sand and the water is quite blue and it's very, very unusual. And I think the whole drive from Kinsale to Clonakilty is very enjoyable and very scenic. Mm. And I think what I'm looking forward to next summer is going back to West Cork. In the past, I've, been, I've visited Sherking and Garnish Islands. So I'm hoping to do a bit more. I've stayed in Baltimore, uh, which is very small, but then you have the ferries to the islands. So uh, from Baltimore, you can go out to... Say, you can go sh- to Hare. Yeah, you can go to Cape Clear, Sherkin and Hare Island. So this is something I'm hoping to do So since I've been to Sherking. And it's a nice scenery and it's nice to walk around. And then from Glengarry, if you could go to Garnish Island, which is... Uh, fantastic island it has an unusual climate and when you kind of sail to it you could see a lot of wildlife mm, it's a, a slight, slightly tropical for yes. an irish thing isn't it yes it's very very unusual and i would definitely recommend to anybody who's staying sort of two three days around cork to go and take their time in the west cork yeah, it's a great point because when we drive down from Limerick and you get uh, down to the, the coast around County Cork, you see that there's different vegetation, there's a different feeling to the place and you see these, like you said, these kind of tropical uh, plants growing. Uh, maybe some old plantations, like maybe some rich people back in the day uh, planted gardens and stuff and they've got now huge mature trees and flowers and that, that's really cute. That, that's mm. really it. That's really it. I think people dedicated their lifetime to sort of gather the vegetation and, you know, nurture it. And it's, it's beautiful. It's yeah. a beautiful thing to leave behind. That's nice. And now, would you be recommending, is Cork your favourite place in Ireland? Or if somebody was visiting Ireland for the first time, what would you recommend to them to do? Well, I think the tendency now that I see a lot of people go to Kerry. I personally like Kerry, but I think it's it's very polished. It's not very raw nature. So I definitely recommend West Cork over Kerry. And then... If there's points of interest, etc., obviously Dublin is maybe must-see for many people. And I would certainly go to Dublin for a weekend or three days. Another place, I think Westport, that has to be my uh, ultimate favourite. Mm. Um, it's a place that I visited many times and I will go back to. Last summer we did Ackill Island as a part of our trip to Westport. Um, I thought it was very nice and um, it has a beautiful 
And it has a lot of space and different buildings compared to the rest of Ireland. And then there's so much to do. No matter what you're into, if you're cycling, you can take the cycle the Greenway. If you're hiking or climbing, you can go up to Crocpatrick, which I did last year for the first time, which was pretty scary. But I think it's a really good beautiful, experience. though, isn't it? Yeah, the view is amazing, and I think what I'm hoping to do next summer is actually take a, a boat over to the um, Clare Island. Oh yeah. So something yeah. I haven't done. Now, is that off the Mayo coast or down? Yeah, it's a Clue Bay. So. That is in County Mayo, is it? Yeah, yeah. Westport okay. is County Mayo, right? Yeah. Okay. So, um, just yeah, to put it on the map for people, like around Crookpatrick, Westport, it's up in County Mayo and it's along the Atlantic coast. And it's, uh, yeah, a bit rough, isn't it? But a really beautiful scenery. And that um, green uh, cycle track you mentioned, is that the old railway track? That yes. They, uh, yeah? Yes. It's the old railway track, which they um, use now for cycling. I mean, sometimes, you know, you have uh, an issue where farmers could be just blocking or something. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> or I think it only happened like once. <laughs> yeah. There could be a lot of cows, so watch out. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. We were uh, at a wedding in Mayo, Oh, I don't know, is it last year or the year before? I guess last year. And that uh, hotel is along that uh, cycle track. So, uh, yeah, it's really cool. They had uh, places where you could rent bikes and uh, basically do a day trip from the hotel. So you could probably get to Westport as well. So I think that was really nice. And the nice thing about uh, train tracks is that by their design, the slopes are very even. So it's really nice to cycle, even if there's a bit of a hill, it won't be really, really steep. So I think that's a really nice thing to do. So, like, how come Westport, especially, like, it's a nice town and it's got, like, nice restaurants and stuff, but what is it about Westport? Well, I think it's the mountain ultimately makes it. I think the first time when I came and I sort of opened the window of my B&B and I saw the mountain, you know, it was, wow, you know, it's a view that, like, now nowhere else in Ireland. I mean, you could look at Kerry Mountains and Dublin Mountains and all the rest of it, and Wicklow Mountains. And um, I think Westport is very unique in a sense that it has Crokepatrick and now the mountains around it. It's it just it look it's very different compared to the rest of Ireland. I'm not saying it's better or worse, and it's a very compact kind of town. So everything mm-hmm. is kind of star shape. And I think, yeah, it's it's kind of quite away from everything else, but not. You could drive from Galway from it probably, I don't know, it would take an hour. But I would take, if I had to do a week in Ireland, I'd definitely go Dublin, Cork, West Cork and Westport. Oh, interesting. And around, yeah. I think if you have to cramp a lot into your week, those ones would be my... Interesting, um, because, because I'd be recommending uh, West Kerry, so there's a bit of contention there, <laughs> is it Cork or Kerry, I don't know. <laughs> uh, uh, well, there are lots of parts, I mean, Clare and Burren and all of that, I, I love that part, La Hinch, and it's something that I haven't really explored a lot, but I'm planning to again, and I think 
there's a lot like I keep going to places and I see different things and new things and uh, for somebody who's here for a week or two weeks it's obviously hard to see everything and you see different things but then that's what makes it unique everybody has their own view on things and everybody enjoys different things yeah definitely and Elena would you bother uh, taking any public transport if you're going on a trip or would you really drive well I actually, I think um, lately I've been driving a lot, but at the start, so maybe 10 years ago, I used to take buses a lot and trains. And to be honest, if that was an option, I'd take train all the time. I really enjoy train in Ireland. Mm. Um, Especially, I think, from Cork to Limerick, last time I took a train. Um, it's, It's a very easy journey. And you kind of, you get a chance to talk to people a bit more and, you see everything a bit better than when you're just driving and concentrating on the road. So mm. if it was an option, I think I would take uh, more trains and more buses. Unfortunately, from where I live and where I want to go, there's mm-hmm. no really easy way to get to. Yeah, yeah, it's a good point though. Like if you're going city to city, um, from Dublin to Cork, like I think those trains go every hour basically. So it is a no, nice, yeah. yeah. No, I really yeah. enjoy mm-hmm. train service here. Interesting. Now, you've been living in Ireland for a good while, and I can hear it in your accent, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, are, do you think, are there any habits that you've picked up that like, you would say you're almost more Irish than the Irish themselves after living here? <laughs> good question. Well, now, lately, I've been to a few sort of meeting people that I haven't met, you know, meeting new people. And they were like, oh, are you from Dublin or where are you from? And I'm like, no, I'm Russian. And <laughs> they were quite taken aback. So well, your accent is so Irish. Um, I <laughs> think, yeah, I think in my head, I think definitely 50% of the time I actually think of myself as Irish. Hmm. Whether it's because I've been here so long or it's just because I went, you know, I went to school here and a lot of my friends, probably 80% of my friends are Irish. Mm. So, um, and they don't treat me any differently. So it's, I feel one of them. So um, maybe because of that, but generally, um, yeah. I mean, it's hard to know now. I think we consider ourselves global citizens uh, in the online world anyway. We carry so many identities. I mean, I have a dual citizenship and part of my time I have to act as Russian and as <laughs> a sister to my brothers and um, mm. a niece and et cetera, et cetera. So um, you have to step into different shoes all the time, but definitely my daily life, et cetera, I think I consider myself more Irish than anything else. Hmm. And uh, again, between uh, Cork and Dublin, do you feel is there a different mix of foreigners living in those two cities, comparing each the two cities to each other? I, I think it's, yeah, um, the community obviously are a lot bigger, and I think in Dublin everything is sort of mixed. And the people I knew, they were sort of they were Irish, but they came from Wicklow and Limerick, and they came from everywhere in Ireland. Um, some of them were from Dublin, um, and they didn't really have that many foreign friends. Whether in Cork now, most of most of the people I'd know, maybe it's because of the uh, multinationals and the whole work kind of scene here. Um, there are a lot of 
Europeans here. And therefore, a lot of communities like Germans and Spanish. And um, so, yeah, I, and they are more visible. And there are a lot of, there's a huge Polish community here. And what I've recently discovered, a, a huge Russian community as well. Oh, excellent. Um, which I haven't joined yet, but I sort of trying to sort of maintain some sort of contact with, well, I certainly want to just to keep to keep track of what's happening i think i certainly don't want to lose my heritage mm, nice yeah it's interesting whether you know if somebody moves to a new place and they spend time there like uh do you keep your connection to the old place and keep working at them or kind of look forward to where you are now so that's interesting i think it's yeah. important to keep in touch and keep ties and maintain the relationships and um, remembering who you are and as well as mm-hmm. where you want to be and where you want to go. Mm, and that's what we're all about at Bite Size Irish Gaelic, really. It's people making that real deep connection with their Irish heritage. So there you go. Elena, before we finish, right, uh, we had a couple of iTunes comments. So I just wanted mm-hmm. to read them out. So uh, Benji in Canada, it might have been a while since he wrote it, but I don't think I wrote it or I read it out in the podcast yet. So he said... <laughs> For anyone interested in Ireland's culture, and he gave us five stars. And he said, if you're thinking of learning Irish, start here. A great way to learn more about Ireland's culture, history, and the current context of the Irish language. Owns a charming host, and the guests are frequently fascinating. Thank you. So Benji, thanks a lot. And then we got one from Jacko as well, who gave us five stars and said, excellent. And he said, really uh, helpful for finding good Goelga apps. So if you go to, I think, back to episode number two of this podcast, we did a full episode on uh, mobile phone apps for learning to speak a bit of Irish. So that was great. So, Elena, um, where can people find you online? What's the name of your blog again? Yeah, funny about the name. So originally, I would like uh, I wanted to create something that would reflect so a Russian in Ireland. So I wanted to create something. Uh, well, Russian in Ireland would have been a bit long. So I wanted to create RU in Ireland, um, as referring to Russian in Ireland. Then um, when I registered the blog and I started blogging, and a lot of people were like, oh, this looks like ruin Ireland. And I was like, well, Ireland is full of ruins, right? But then, you know, I had to keep looking at it again. And I was like, well, what I really am about, it's are you in Ireland? So and if you are, check out my blog and go go see some of those places. Yeah, excellent. Um, mm-hmm. So I think what originally started as one thing, you know, became something else. So yeah, my um, blog is uh, are you in Ireland or ruin Ireland for some.com and I plan to post uh, more and I, tra- I plan to travel more and discover and share all of that. Well, excellent. Um, it's been really nice having you and I'm sure people will go and visit are you in Ireland.com. And what I'll do is I'll put a link from the show notes of this episode over to your uh, uh, your blog. And I'll also list out some of the different places that we mentioned during the episode so people can go back if they didn't catch them and go back and uh, hear a bit, or read a bit about your um, the journey that you suggested. So I have to say thanks so much, Elena. Thank you. Oh, and if anybody's interested, they're free to comment and get in touch with me via the blog. Um, I'll respond promptly. Ah, excellent. And for this particular episode, 
we'll have our show notes at bitesizeirishgaelic.com forward slash podcast and you just need to find episode 33 so you can ask a question of elena there or you can definitely click through and ask uh, contact elena to say thanks to her for coming on to the podcast so if you're loving the show again the best you can do is leave us an itunes uh, five star written review uh, to do that you can go to the itunes store log in search for bite size irish gaelic podcast and write your review you can send listener questions to the email podcast at bitesizeirishgaelic.com. Uh, finally, thanks to Tsukumo in Japan for their music, uh, which you hear on this episode under a Creative Commons license. And until the next episode, slán go foil. Bye for now. <laughs>